You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. Welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AH Digital. Thanks for joining me. As usual, it's our first one, Mars, for the for the new year. Yeah, g'day, Jason. Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Shooting Podcast. And this is our first one for the year. And uh, we've been a little bit slack, Jace, don't you reckon? Um, we've been taking a bit of time off. You've gone fishing. I've yeah. spent a bit of time with the family. But uh, I know a lot of the listeners out there are eagerly awaiting this show, the first show of the year. So welcome back to all you guys listening. Yeah, I just went down to Malakuta, went on holidays. I tell you, Mars, it was an absolutely... Uh uh, crappy trip. It was okay. <laughs> Something I, uh, happened to your car, did it, Jace? Yeah, yeah. Car broke. The little Zook, it's on its last legs, but I'm going through a recruitment at work now. So uh, once I get my actual permanent job back, hopefully I can buy a new car <laughs> when I actually get my own job back. But anyway, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, went fishing yep. down in Malakuta, uh, raining for five days. Car broke down. Cost me $1,000 to get the car back up, and it was just yep. a complete nightmare. Fishing was pretty you know ordinary as such so but anyway um what else do we do over christmas just had a christmas period just did our normal stuff over christmas muzz did yep. stuff with his family yeah we just uh, went away down the south coast and uh, had a great time there uh tried to do as least less as possible i guess if you will and then uh, back in the swing of things and uh, pretty much in the first two weeks of january going back to work and doing your your normal thing catching up with all the bills jason yeah yeah true um i got a few emails i said in the last podcast just going to run through a few things just quickly um john lott i was gonna uh, <laughs> i was gonna interview john lott mm. now if you don't know who john lott is john lott uh, wrote the book more guns equals less crime he's the head of the crime prevention uh, research center and you've probably seen him on a lot of nra videos you've seen him on uh, pierce morgan yep. used to debate pierce morgan etc and stuff like yep. that now i want to give you a bit of a background because i'm a little bit of a, a little bit annoyed about this more for the listeners listening to this show um, probably before I went to the Ducks, what would that have been, Muzz, November, yep. uh, early November of 2014, I sent John an email saying, could we do an interview? He just did the Senate inquiry into um, the banning of semi-automatic handguns. Now, he wrote in a submission, but he was also in the ACT submission uh, with David Lionhelm. Yeah, I think it was uh, the Greens Chicken, Bridget McKenzie. Yeah. Now, he did a submission there live over the phone. Now, he messaged me and said, oh, after we talked about an interview, he said, could you get me the audio and the video? And I said, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Now, mind you, this was uh, the Monday night, I think, before I went away. So it was nine o'clock at night. I had to download a three, three and a half gig video edit it i sent it to him he was really happy with that so we yep. so we arranged to do the podcast when i got back from hunting ducks so i said fantastic so i went on the ducks come back i drafted up the questions like i normally do to give mm. us a bit of a roadmap for questions and all of a sudden um i sent him another message saying have you you know have you let, look at the questions everything fine never heard back from him mm. uh sent another message a couple of weeks later again uh never heard back from him uh sent a third message saying hey listen what's going on you know we said we we're going to sort of do this interview um, all of a sudden he wrote back to me and he, he, he had attached to it my questions and he'd answered basically half of them and said basically that's all he had time for and that's it. And yeah. I, so I wrote back and I said, well, John, it's, a, it's a, actually a podcast radio show. Like I want to interview these mm. questions like I normally do are for your, you know, for, for your own idea. So when we do the show, yeah. it gives you an idea. Anyway, 
Never heard back from him again. Emailed him again, uh, saying, "Had you know what? Can we still do the show? Um, what you know? What time frame is he on so we can work it out?" Still never heard from him. And then I got a little bit annoyed because, as I said, guys, I literally stayed up until I think about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you done a lot of work. Yeah, my mate Anthony was going to pick me up at about five o'clock to go hunting ducks. So I had two hours sleep. Sent him all this stuff before I went. So I wrote back to him. This is probably only just about a month ago, I think. Not even that, two weeks ago, but two weeks ago before I went on holidays to uh, Malacuta to go fishing. And I said, you know, I'm really disappointed, you know. And I actually temporarily private privated the video on YouTube so no one could see it. And I said, mate, I'm t- I'm t- that's probably a bit petty from me, but I said, I'm, I'm taking this down. And he wrote back to me literally within about 10 minutes of sending that email saying, oh, was there something I disagreed with? And I said, no, not at all. Actually, I'm a big fan of yours, and I 100% agree with you. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm a little bit annoyed that I spent probably two, three hours writing questions, and I also spent time downloading all that video, sending him the audio, sending, up- uploading to YouTube for pretty much no gain. I said, do you remember, even remember who I am? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been... He's had health concerns, etc." Yeah, apparently um, he's, he said he's been uh, quite ill and he's had a stroke. Yeah, or he had something like something along yeah, those anyway. Something like, and, uh, like a mini mini stroke or something. Yeah, and he, he funding wasn't good with the crime prevention mm. research center. Maybe it was going to be shut down. I think he said that in the email as well. I'm not 100 percent sure. Obviously, I felt bad, so I wrote back and yeah. said, "Listen, I'm just going to unprivate the video. You know, I'd still like to do this interview because all my listeners were planning on hearing, you know, what you had to say. So I hope we can still do it. I mean, I'd love to talk to a big fan of yours, which I am. You know, I've yeah. read the book. I, I like <laughs> that day to this. I've never heard from him again." So, I mean, you well, guys... you never know, Jason. He could be actually pretty ill. So, I mean, I don't know. if that is the case, we, we certainly hope uh, he gets better yeah. and, uh, and uh, has the time to uh, reply to us so we can uh, speak to him maybe at a later date. Yeah, I mean, I guess like 99.9% of the time, everyone's fantastic. I think, I think yeah. before this, I only really ever had one rejection, and that was because the person worked for a government agency, didn't really want to get their name in light, so to speak. So, oh, right. uh, we didn't do it. Another one, to follow up with the other one too... About... <laughs> I thought it was one of your Uber dates. No. Uh, that was <laughs> Uber. <called>. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's Tinder, a, Tinder, Tinder, buddy. That's what you bloody young kids are on. Last <laughs> <laughs> single guys. Anyway, um, another one was um, who was the other one? That's right, um, Samara McFedrin. You know, she did a Senate inquiry too. She was there doing a presentation. Uh, big fan of what they do there at you know the International Coalition for Women in Shooting. Now, same time, mm. I think it was around November too. I sent her an email saying, "Are you keen to do a show? I'm going on the shoot ducks. I'll be back in two weeks." So she said, uh, first email there was no response to. So I followed up with a second email saying, "Hey." Still love to have a chat to you. Have you yeah, is there a chance we can do an interview? She did respond and say, yep, see you when you get back. Love to do it. Um, send her the questions when I got back. Again, spent a few hours writing up questions, as I normally do with every show that I do, except yep. for straight shooting sort of thing. Um, I emailed her a follow-up saying, have you had a chance to look at the questions? What's going on? Emailed her a second time saying, had a chance to look at those questions again. Third email, pretty much, I sent the same thing again. I didn't want to bug her, obviously, but yep. you know, I'd love to do a show which she agreed to. And then um, I basically w- wrote one final. This is over probably over about six, seven weeks. And then I wrote one final fourth email saying, this, I'd love to do this. Um, if not, I've got to move on. And then still never heard from her from that day to this guy. So my, my point is, you know, like I, I try and do the best that I can. I try and get these shows. It can be yep. difficult, you know, and I'm just a bit annoyed more so with John Lott that I did all this work and got absolutely stuff all out of it, to be brutally honest with you. And I'm a little bit disappointed that he just ignores, ignores once he got what he wanted, he just ignored my stuff. So, And he did say in one email he wasn't paid because uh, of the lack of funding for Crime yeah. Prevention Research Centre. He wasn't paid. He didn't get paid for the Australian stuff. I'm like, oh, I feel like saying, dude, I don't get paid. Yeah, man. we don't get paid I've been running this show <laughs> for four years. I mean, you think we only get paid so we can update equipment from sponsors. The only reason you 
you hear sponsors in our show is because, one, we want to segregate up a little bit of the content. We want to promote people that we like, but it also helps us buy equipment for this show. There's not really Correct. no money in this show, yeah. so to speak. I mean, we go to the SHOT Show, we spend money. Um, we do all that, and that's what we do, you know what I mean? So it's pretty disappointing stuff from mm. John Lott and Samara McFedrin, to be brutally honest, that you know, don't even have the common courtesy really but, to get back to you. But you never know, Jason. Let's not yeah. write anyone off. Um, you know, John Lott could be really sick. Like I said yeah. before, he might uh, send you an email later on. Yeah. And uh, Miss McFedrin, well, later on, she might contact you later on. You yeah, never know. Maybe, anyway. We always keep trying for our listeners. We yeah. just want to keep trying and get you guys the best interviews possible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always not about me. I'm not really the one. I'm sort of a little bit upset because my time's been wasted, but it's more <laughs> for the listeners. Like yeah. getting it out there to 30,000 people, I think, is, is really important. A lot of these people claim to be, you know, really pro gun, happy to talk to people, push the, the, uh, anti, or the, you know, push the forward on, the, on our firearm agenda, but then when it comes down to the crunch, aren't really interested in transferring that information, mm. which a lot of people would probably be able to use i mean john lott did a great job at the senate inquiry as did samara mcfedgen great job yep. and you know they just have the common courtesy to even respond back to which is disappointing but anyway we're gonna uh, get into it we actually we haven't even done our first bit yet if you want to find out about the show of course you can go on yeah. australianhuntingpodcast.com.au uh email us australianhuntingpodcast.gmail.com or click on the contact icon on the website you can also donate to the show which is really really important we've got to keep the uh the cream on our cake or the that's it the, we the, need the money to keep the show running yeah you know anyway, if it's just five dollars a month guys anything helps i know a lot of people listen to this show uh really really important so you can click on that uh, donation link uh, in the right-hand side widget bar on the website. Again, our biggest one. We're going to play one more. We didn't get a lot over Christmas. Our voicemail, guys. M- Muzz has been killing me every week to find out if we've got voicemail from people. We've only yep. got one, which we will play on the show. It's just more of a thank you. Um, but again, go on the website, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Click on that voicemail uh, link on the right-hand side. You can even do it from your smartphone. Go yep. in your bedroom. Go on your website on the phone. Uh, as it loads up, you'll see the big widget. You'll see it come up. It'll say leave voicemail, send voicemail, leave voicemail. Click on like, it. Like I said plenty of times too before, Jace, I mean, you don't have to have a super intelligent question or anything like that. If you yep. just want to say day, if you just want to tell us about your hunting trip, if you just want to uh, make a comment about recent events in the media or what's happening overseas, feel free to do so. Uh, it's very easy, and we really appreciate your comments and, and involvement. Yeah, and I think our last show, The Straight Shooting Before Christmas, you heard three people, actually, or especially four, I think, people uh, uh, left voicemail. We played them on the show, and they were positive, and people really, really enjoyed that show. I think that show had something like, I don't know, maybe it was 200 or more, more um, links on, on uh, yeah. the website. Uh, compared to other links. Obviously, there's a lot more listening on iTunes. And you know, thank you yeah. to all the people that listen to the show that maybe don't get involved and, and don't go on the Facebook page and uh, everything like that. But again, as I said, go on Facebook too, facebook.com forward slash, I think it's Australian Hunting Podcast. Just type it in at the top, you'll find it. Uh, and twitter.com forward slash AH Podcast. Again, with iTunes. Again, if you're on iTunes too, guys, jump on there. Uh, leave a comment, five stars. Hopefully you like the show. If you leave five stars, and just leave us a, a comment, please. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and don't forget to visit our Facebook page, guys. Uh, Michael Hurtado, who's been doing a fantastic job yep. updating all the latest current events and things that are going on around Australia and around the world. Yep. And give us a like on our Facebook page and say good day. And, uh, yeah, um, we're on social media, all forms of social media, so tell you all your friends about it. Yeah, Michael's doing a great job. He's one of the, literally the one of the, the best, you know, guys I've had on the, the page but ever, really. I mean, always right. passionate, came to the, yeah. the, clay, the clay target shoot we had on last year. Um, yeah, doing an absolutely fantastic job. Loves shooting and definitely comes up with some... Uh, 
uh, some good arguments against the Annie. So what we're probably going to do is we're going to get into uh, our first one of our first news articles. Now, as you know, Jason, um, the Lind Cafe siege has uh, all been done and dusted, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a tragic event. Uh, Man Monis, that lunatic, um, unfortunately killed uh, two people. Two people, yeah. Uh, and uh, and the then, lawyer uh, and the guy that right. worked there, apparently. That's right. And then the police took him out. Now, as soon as this event happened, Jace, you know what was going through my head? I thought to myself, oh, my God, please don't let this turn into a gun debate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, But unfortunately, uh, Australians, to their true form, um, managed to do so. And it was quite unfortunate. But I think, really, the Daily Telegraph uh, nailed it. This wasn't really about guns at all. On, and this is Friday's uh, issue for December 19th. Uh, and it was, and it's titled 10 Fatal Failures. And the reasons why Man Monas got to be in the position that he is. And one of the big failures, what he was granted bail over murder. I mean, yeah. we're such a soft touch in this country, Jason. We give everyone a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth chance. I mean, this guy was given 10 chances, and really our system has just failed us on this bloke. And uh, another one was he was saved from extradition. Then he was dropped off the watch list. He was granted citizenship. He was allowed into the country in the first place. He was given legal aid. Uh, then there was the gun license mix-up. Yeah, and for people that yeah. didn't see that, John, uh, not John Howard, Tony Abbott said, yeah. how did he have a gun license? We need to get to the bottom of this. Then the, I think the New South Wales Registry or New South Wales Police came out and said, yeah. well, actually, no, he didn't, didn't actually have a license. I mean, he said that on national TV that he had a firearms license. I'm I mean, a bit sceptical about how the authorities could have really got that so wrong, Jason. I don't know. Maybe Did they get it wrong, though? Did they get it wrong? Maybe was that inserted on purpose? Who knows? You know, to maybe uh, yeah. start up a debate of some sort. Who knows? But to follow on about one thing, too, we did see my uh, local member for Blacktown in my area, uh, wrote him up a reference for something. Uh, he wanted mm. a reference, which, you know... John I, Robertson. Yeah, I can't... I mean, a bit tough on... The former leader. <laughs> former le- no I mean, hoping leader. <laughs> I mean, it took... It, basically, it took him down, but, I mean, I guess how was he to know writing up a reference? I mean, it's probably sounded good. He comes in, a guy from a uh, you know Middle Eastern background, yeah. doesn't want to feel like he's doing the wrong thing, writes up a reference, boom, you know, six, 12 months later, whatever it was, he's yeah. in the news and he's got people in the Lint Cafe and he's like, oh, dear, that guy... I mean, John Robertson, I mean, really, I mean, the guy was a dead duck anyway. He he uh, mentioned that um, in a previous interview that he was offered a bribe and then didn't report saying. it. Yeah. And then on top of that, he was helping this man, Monis guy out. I mean, there's no way he could have won the election and good riddance to him too. He was an anti-gunner anyway. Yeah. So, like I say, he was given legal aid and then the gun license uh, mix-up and he was allowed to live on welfare, of course. Uh, he had multiple identities. And the information amongst our uh, government agencies was not really shared. So, I mean, massive, massive stuff up by our government on this bloke. I mean, this guy should have had his, had his uh, citizenship revoked. He should have been deported. He should have been in jail. I mean, he had something like 40 sexual offences yeah, or something. What like are that. we going to do? My, sexual assault offences. Yeah, my point is, though. He's wanted what, for murder. Yeah, like, well, I think, I think it, what it was was his ex. Um, wife or his new girlfriend or slash partner whatever you want to call her i think they colluded or somehow to uh kill his actual ex-wife i think i think that's what happened so we'll find out we'll we'll actually put we'll put a link to actually what happened his previous discrepancies on the uh facebook page when we actually load up this show but my question is 
if these looks because John Howard also came out of the woodwork, yep. and uh, we might play just in a few seconds. Well, we'll actually, before we go into that, Jason, sorry, I mean on. a lot of the there was a lot of interviews during that time, and it quickly turned into a gun debate. So then, what happened was um, Adam Bant from the Greens, to his true form, came out and says, "Well, this is Tony Abbott's Port Arthur moment." Yep, and I mean, I think the majority of Australians saw straight through that. I mean, what a, uh, a dig that was at you know Tony Abbott and then um, egging him on to do something about gun laws, which really wasn't going to work. Um, but then uh, David Lionholm came out swinging, and uh, we're going to play a few clips right now. One thing Australians are fairly united in is the belief that this country's gun laws are vastly superior to America's. But one federal senator claims if Australia was a bit more like the US, this week's Sydney siege could have turned out differently. Pro-gun Senator David Lionhelm thinks if somebody in the Lint Cafe had been carrying a concealed weapon, they could have taken the gunman out. But the man who introduced Australia's tough gun laws after the Port Arthur massacre, the former Prime Minister, John Howard, says fewer weapons are the answer, not more. Tracy Bowden reports. share the, the shock and horror uh, and grief of 23 million Australians at this terrible event and but it's important as we react to it to react with with common sense and balance and not seek a refuge in short-sighted solutions which will add to insecurity uh, not diminish it. As the piles of flowers continue to grow in Martin Place, the debate has turned to how such a tragedy can be prevented from ever happening again. Crossbench Senator David Leonhelm believes he has the answer. What we do know is that two people died. None of the 17 there could do anything to stop that because nobody had a weapon. That's the state of play of the laws in Australia now. You can't protect yourself for a nation of victims. The pro-gun senator says if Australia's laws allowed people to carry weapons, the outcome could have been very different. If this had occurred in one of the states in America where they allow ownership of guns for self-defence, there almost certainly would have been one or maybe two people in that cafe who would have been armed. Now, that probably would have prevented it right from the start. The guy probably wouldn't have even done it because he wouldn't have known who had a gun and he wouldn't have wanted to be shot at. But the senator's suggestions have drawn strong criticism from former Prime Minister John Howard, who within months of the Port Arthur massacre in 1996 toughened Australia's gun laws. More than a million weapons were handed in and destroyed. There are many things about America I admire, but I don't admire America's gun culture, and I think it is completely the wrong response to suggest that um, uh, we should increase the number of guns in our community. Because all the evidence, both here and around the world, says that the more guns there are in circulation, 
the more homicides related to guns uh, there will be. Firearms are incredibly dangerous and the idea uh, that people in the cafe are going to be there with their guns ready to pull them out um, is just absurd. Another question is how man Harren Monis came to have a shotgun. He was not a registered firearms licence holder and New South Wales Police have confirmed there is no record he ever held a firearms licence. There's about a quarter of a million illegal guns floating around uh, in the hands of a community in Australia. There's about 2,000 being stolen every year. It means that storage requirements are not adequate and um, if somebody like him can get hold of a gun, it shows uh, that access to illegal guns is too easy. How is it that um, someone can so readily access such a deadly weapon on the black market? What is the state of the black market in Australia? Is it something that we need uh, to enforce better? Should we have better laws? Should we have better enforcement? Or should we have a combination of both? Almost 10,000 illegal guns were reportedly seized last year in Australia. In New South Wales, gun seizures have risen sixfold in four years. The solution to gun crime is not more laws, it's either better enforcement or a more realistic approach to individuals protecting themselves against bad people. I hope that Tony Abbott has the courage to follow in the footsteps of John Howard, to learn from this tragedy and to toughen gun control in Australia. In relation to the gun laws, to which I have a particular attachment, because they have made Australia a safer country, the path forward does not lie in any way in watering down those gun laws. We need fewer guns in our community, not more. Well, guys, you just heard... Uh, you know, yes, you're probably shaking your head just like we are. Now, we mm. heard from, you know, David Lionhelm first of one of the, one of the first ones there with John Howard first, and he said, uh, more, with more, where it comes more guns across the, across the world, mm. uh, there is, uh, there will be more homicides. But again, you know, what he fails to tell you is there's different types of homicide yep. with a firearm. Obviously, we've got, you know, gangs shooting each other in different countries, as well as Australia. We've seen, I mean, I think we had over 20 shootings here in uh, Sydney in the month of December of 2014. Well, Jason, I mean, this is one of the things, this is one of my pet hates, especially with politicians like David Lionholm and Robert Borsak, to be honest. No one ever pulls up John Howard. John Howard lies through his teeth and, and tells so many inaccuracies. He said, first of all, uh, he he doesn't. He, the more guns there are in a circ, in circulation, the more homicides related to guns there will be. Well, that's just not true. It's a flat out lie. We've got more guns in law abiding hands today than we've ever had before, and we've got more guns circulating in the black market than we've ever had before. Even more than pre ninety six, Jason. Yeah. And we certainly don't have more homicides. We don't. We have about the same or a little bit less than what we did in 96. So just, that's just not true. Well, that actually keeps and dropping. I think there was a small dropping. rise in uh, 1996. There was a small rise after 96 or thereabouts, yeah. and then it continued dropping, but it was dropping long before. Yeah, but the point is uh, legal firearms, uh, yeah. the ownership of legal firearms has continued to rise and rise and rise, and they're absolutely not related 
to uh, gun homicides. And I don't know why no one pulls John Howard up with that. And on top of that too, Jason, if you're going, they always talk about America. Now, if you're going to p- compare America, you've got to realize that the United States has the highest gun ownership per capita in the world, the highest. However, when it comes to the highest homicides per capita, that ain't even top the 100. They're not even in the top 100, Jace. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you got countries like Mexico, Russia, Honduras, oh, the list goes on, that have got a far greater homicide rate than the United States. So I just want to see more politicians pull up John Howard and his BS because it's just simply not true. The real world examples prove that, and even our own example here in Australia proves that. Yeah. Um, that article, sorry, that um, audio was from uh, the 7.30, I think it's the 7.30 with Lee ABC? Sales. Yeah, ABC, uh, broadcasted on 18th of the 12th, 2014. The reporter was Tracy Bowden, Bowden. But we wanted to talk about, you probably heard halfway through there, was Roland Brown from Gun Control Australia, the man with one typewriter. But anyway, he talked about, you know, how did Man Monas basically get, you know, his hands on these types of weapons and and really structured well, he was also talking about the storage yeah he, he's, he's concerned about the storage yeah he, he structured his argument around storage uh, requirements now you know what jason i really must store my sawn off uh pump action shotgun better yeah exactly you know <laughs> i really mean? must store it better you know what i mean i mean this guy is is dead set unbelievable yeah like how does the storage <laughs> requirements for you know a law-abiding firearms owner Got anything to do with Man Monas getting his hands on a pump action shotgun? I mean, what do you steal? Which it from? was modified. Obviously, it's um, it's been in the black market for a long time. So, how the storage got to do anything? Yeah, did he steal know, it from his it? local uh, <laughs> vegetation landowner? I mean, where do you steal it from? Um, then we heard, I think, then from Adam Bent, who said, uh, "Yeah, guns were relatively available, deadly weapons on the black market. How did he get it? And what do we need to do?" Now, they did mention uh, throughout that article that uh, ten thousand guns. Uh, illegal guns were seized last year. Well, Adam Bent, Jason, asked the question, what is the state of the black market? Well, the state is quite healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the answer. I mean, in New South Wales, gun seizures have risen sixfold in the last four years, the report said. 10,000 in the last year. I mean, if that yeah. doesn't tell you that, the, that there is a thriving black market of firearms yeah. in this country, then nothing will. So that's what Adam Bent was asking. Well, I mean, he knows the answer to all these questions anyway. I mean, all he's after is an opportunity to stick a boot into uh, law-abiding gun owners. Yeah. And then um, he said also, don't forget, I think you just, I'm not sure if you just mentioned it, there was a six-fold increase in illegal firearms in four years. So he said, well, how are people getting these weapons? What do we need to do? Is it better enforcement? Well, clearly they're not doing a great job as it is, obviously, because, you know... Enforcement of what? <laughs> yeah, enforce. Well, how, how can you enforce something you don't know anything about that you exactly. can't stop? You know, exactly. You, you can't bring them into the country. You know, they're coming into the country. I mean, again, we've said before, you, you, know, two, you know, 220 Glock handguns being brought into the country you know, that were being put through Sylvania Post Office as well. I mean, you simply just can't do anything about it. And what we did notice, and we might, I might actually put a link uh, to that 7.30 report or that uh, ABC uh, video on the yeah. uh, website when we do the when we do the um, blog post uh, for this show because you can actually have a look at some of the firearms they were talking about when they're actually talking about you know uh, guns and legal guns and all the ones they were showing on the bench were all these little homemade ones that were like little uh, uh, fully auto or semi-automatic looked like little they were handmade you could tell they were handmade yeah. you yeah. know what I mean so yeah, that's but right. one thing we wanted to go on about too a little bit is uh, a also, lot of- also Jason also wanted to talk about um, David Lionholm's comments. I mean, he knew he was going to 
cop a lot of stick for his comments. He knew they were going to be controversial. But you know what? Good on him. He had the courage to say them. And uh, we, myself and, you, and yourself, Jason, we believe in the right for the individual's self-defense. I mean, it, it's an inherent right. I guess you call it an intrinsic right, a God-given right. Um, if you have the uh, right to live, you have the right to defend your life. Yeah. So, I mean, good on him for saying it. And, I mean, a lot, of, lot, lot more people in, a, in the firearms community should be saying it. Yeah. And um, to be honest, a lot of people in the cities, they don't care for hunting. They don't care for sport shooting. But they do care about self-defense. A lot of people would yep. have liked to have the right to defend yourself, even if it's with non-lethal means, like pepper spray. Like I said before in previous shows, um, pepper spray uh, readily available and legal in WA. No problems there. No one's peppering each other on the face, so you know, <laughs> like, like they think we're going to do. Like they think they're going to do. You know, kids aren't taking pepper spray to school and doing the teaching or anything like that. So it's not happening. But you know, um, for some reason, we haven't been able to legalize it uh, here in New South Wales and in other states. So well done to David, and I've got to give him uh, kudos to him because uh, he had the guts to say what he's going to say. And I think also too, uh, Jason, he did his office did receive a lot of death threats because of yep. that. All these peace-loving anti-gun people are quite happy to kill him <laughs> because of, because he just wants to have the right to defend himself, you know. So the crazy loony left are out again, and uh, they're you know they're always on the warpath. Yeah, but some people have been saying I heard it quite a lot. Some people were saying, oh, you know, when's the right timing? We can't bask in the bask in the light of of this tragedy and blah blah blah. But you know, the Greens, uh, Roland Brown, all these guys had absolutely no problem doing that yet. Gun owners wanted to play the, oh, it's, you know, we shouldn't do that yet. Yeah. Whereas, you know, pretty much David, I guess, was one of the only guys coming out in the media saying, um, you know, I guess, when is the right time to have the, to have the conversation? And I think about that too, you know. Some people say oh, it's totally absurd that someone would have had a firearm and stopped the guy. So my question is, what is their alternative? What is your alternative to stopping people when someone has a firearm? There's 20 people in there. You're unarmed and helpless. What is your answer to that question? Just to mm. hope they don't kill us all? To sit well, there yeah. and hope that, well, you know, if we just sit here long enough, we might actually get out of this safely. And let's be honest, right? This man moans. I mean, let's be honest. He wasn't the uh, smartest guy going around. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, he basically, on the first night, I said to my friend, he goes, oh, this is going to end badly. And I said, realistically, what's he going to do? How long is he going to be able to stay awake for? Uh, 48 hours, 72 yeah. hours without any sleep. You're really starting to... The guy fell asleep on the bloody first night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he fell know. asleep on the first night. You know, he couldn't even last one night. And then yeah. he's nodding off with his bump action. And uh, the, the fellow, I can't remember his name, actually, um, tried to grab it off him, apparently. Uh, there's been, obviously, a discharge firearm. Uh, police have gone in. And we've just found out just recently, too, um, you know, you can take this how you want. We're not going to comment too much on it. But uh, subsequently... Uh, some of the shrapnel and or from uh, police mm. fire actually killed that the uh, the, the oh, lady. It's alleged. Oh, it's alleged. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what the report says anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, what can you do? I guess they were responding to, you know, the, the um, issue. Um, it's just a very bad situation, I guess. But again, you know, perhaps maybe, perhaps maybe. I don't know why it's such a silly thing that people think, oh, well, yeah, yeah, have, if they had firearms there, that's not the answer. Well, what's your answer to stop people getting killed? Have no people with guns? Have everyone helpless? and they just take control with a firearm and just you know do whatever they want because they've got no one. They've got no one that's going to stop them. And police are sitting outside going, oh, we can't go in. We've got hostages, which is fair enough. Mm. But I can guarantee that guy would have looked away for 30 
seconds and someone could have put it just went, went up bang 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 finished done no, everyone would have survived that day so i mean i don't know why it's so silly well even uh also jason a lot of people were upset that the snipers weren't used as you can see with the some of the video footage on the news stories uh, there was a clear view of man monas through uh the channel 7 newsroom which was across the road from the link cafe and um so, you know, a lot of people were saying the snipers had a, a clear view. They should have taken a shot. There's a lot of, been a lot of debate over that. But let's just take the gun thing out of it for a second. I mean, if someone, at least in that cafe, had a can of mace or a pepper spray or something, it may have given them the courage to, to take this guy on, to spray him in the face and tackle him to the ground and do something uh, to hopefully, you know, uh, save those people. So it's not just about the guns. It's, it's more... Uh, a fundamental right to self-defence, which really um, most Australians don't have uh, in terms of being able to carry something to uh, practically defend yourself. Now, Jason, just want to, for a second, go back to some of John Howard's comments. He said earlier in the, in the, in the clip there for, for, from ABC that he does not want to seek refuge in sort, short-sighted solutions. Uh, hello? <laughs> short-sighted solutions uh how about your 96 gun buyback mr howard don't you think that's a bit of a short-sighted solution considering that um uh we've got gun seizures risen, risen sixfold in the last four years Ten thousand guns being collected off the streets i mean we have a, a massive black market in this country talk about a short-sighted solution why doesn't anyone pull up this guy on this he's john howard is like teflon nothing sticks to him He's like the sacred cow that just simply cannot be questioned or cannot be challenged yeah. uh, by, by, by the uh, media or by some of the politicians. He says the more guns there are in circulation, the more homicides related to guns there will be. Absolute rubbish. It is not true. Real world examples prove it, even the one here in Australia. So then he says, John Howe says, we need fewer guns in the community, not more. Well, we've got more guns. We've got more than 96 Yeah. Right. prior to 96. So I don't know why he says that, you know, he just obviously wants to maybe preempt some more gun control or whatever. But come on, guys, all you people out there in the pro-gun community, all you pro-gun politicians, hold this guy to account. He's not the sacred cow that uh, the mainstream media hold him up to be. And he constantly tells uh, stuff as if it's fact, but it's not. It's just complete and utter uh, nonsense that he's saying which does not and, there, and no no um, statistics out there prove anything you know in, in terms of what he's saying yeah and he also said didn't he say towards the end there too he did say uh, uh, that Australia is a uh, safer place I mean again we just got to go back to the 10,000 guns seized sixfold uh, rising in uh, four years for illegal guns I mean how is it a safer place and telling people go oh but <laughs> I hear this, I hear this a lot. Where everyone said they go, oh, but you know, he had a pump action. Two people died, but if he had a semi-automatic, he oh, would have killed ten or twelve people. You oh, know, and then we, and then guess what? If it's ten or twelve, guess what? Well, lucky he didn't have that. He would have killed fifteen people. Yeah. Twenty. I mean, what, where's the limit? If all he had ifs, had this, all these ifs and what ifs. Yeah. That you know, it's just ridiculous, really. I mean, we we see what happens when people are uh, are generally prepared for warfare, like what we've seen. And uh, we may address that in the next show. Uh, what happened in France? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Charlie Hebdo, whatever is it, Hebdo is it, or is that what it's called? Well, I mean, it's been a, it's been an absolutely event packed. I mean, news news has been going through the roof. Uh, I've been uh, 
just literally scouring all the websites, checking out all the news stories, and there's just so much content out there to report on. Charlie Hedbo, uh, as you guys know, in Paris, the terrorist attack on the cartoonists. Uh, how many was dead? 12 dead, Jason? Something like that, yeah. yeah. 12 dead. Uh, the guys had uh, fully auto uh, guns or semi-automatic guns yeah, or looked full, like AKs, Kalashnikovs. Fully kitted out, you know, yeah. the full gear. And a lot of you guys must have seen that video on YouTube with uh, the police officer being shot in the street. It's very disturbing. And, uh, you know, here you go. I mean, yeah, but te- the part that sort of, evil um, people will get their hands on guns no matter what you do. And uh, the French aren't as... I guess it's not as highly regulated in terms of gun control in France as it is in Australia, but still, you can easily get your hands on these weapons. And uh, Donald Trump, actually, Jason, had something to say uh, after the uh, French uh, Charlie Hedbo attacks. And this is from uh, news.com.au from January 9th, 2015. So it says, American tycoon Donald Trump has been repeatedly labelled a moron for suggesting... (laughs) The Paris massacre could have been prevented if guns were more widely available in France. Trump was attacked on social media after he tweeted that victims of the shooting at Charlie Hedbo um, would have had a fighting chance if they had guns. And also, Jace, don't forget the guys at Charlie Hebdo, they also had police protection too. Yeah. Uh, there was police uh, there at the scene and because they had Hang many on, friends. Let me in. say one thing that was really disturbing that... <laughs> It's almost, it's not funny. It's not actually funny because it's pretty bad. Um, apparently, three of the police officers uh, that turned up on the scene, right, turned up on bicycles, right? They turned up on bicycles unarmed. Unbelievable. And then when these guys were actually shooting people and they realized, you know, the proverbial sort of shit was hitting the fan, uh, happened to <laughs> just, just take off on their bikes. I'm not sure. I think one of those guys was actually killed. Again, we'll put up all the yeah. links on no, the uh, true, blog actually. post as well. I, I remember reading that. Yeah, they turned up on bicycles with nothing. I mean, what what on earth did they expect to achieve? But anyway, it's unfortunate that, you know, they got killed and uh, a lot of people died. And so, so Donald Trump says in another tweet, uh, moments later he said that it was interesting that the tragedy happened in one of the toughest gun control countries in the world. In a final tweet he wrote, Remember, when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. So that's from Donald Trump giving the French a bit of a beating. Um, but yes, yeah, so, but he was uh, obviously by the antis, lambasted by the antis, calling him a moron, an idiot, an idiot and all those things. Uh, no one would actually uh, come up with some actual uh, intelligent comments, but what can you do? That's the nature of the beast in social media. It's all about the tweet. All right, guys, we're just going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back again. Mario and Jason on the Straight Shooting Podcast. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats, but the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. 
Courses are held every third Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit sydney.net. All right, guys, and later on, uh, there was some... Uh very interesting news, Sky News. There was a Sky News audio where uh, David Leinhelm was on one and uh, Robert from the Liberal Democratic Party and also Robert Borzak from the Shooters and Fishers Party. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play that right now. Um, Shooters and Fishers Party's Robert Borzak on the uh, Sky News article. So just it takes about seven or eight minutes. Just have a listen and then we'll, uh, we'll address a couple of these things when we come back. And joining me now here on the program is the New South Wales Shooters and Fishers Party MP, Robert Borsak. Robert, thanks for your time. Do you agree with David Lionhelm, the senator this morning, who suggested that more relaxed gun laws would have meant that this siege probably wouldn't have happened? No, I don't think I could actually agree with that per se. I think the issue is not so much... Uh, you know, concealed carry and more firearms. The issue is, how did this fellow get that firearm and why was the Prime Minister making noises about this guy being a licensed shooter when, in fact, he's never had a licence in his whole life? Yeah, that issue you just mentioned, does that, in your view, highlight that the system that is meant to be monitoring firearms and providing up-to-date, accurate information is not working? It certainly does. Uh, How can the Prime Minister of this country be informed at such a tragic time that this man, this terrorist, had a firearms licence when in fact he didn't. It just shows that the National Firearms Agreement is a broken thing and it really does need to be very closely scrutinised and reviewed. And so what do you point to as being the problem? Is it the communication between different agencies or something else? No, I think, I think the, the basic process of record-keeping is the problem. Um, somehow or other, since 1996, the governments of Australia have managed to convince everybody that all they have to do is keep records and everything will be fine. Every time something goes wrong with a firearm, whether it's criminal or not, it always gets down to kick, kicking the hell out of law-abiding firearms owners and, and tightening up calls for more tightening up of gun laws. This is a clear illustration that none of that has worked. The, the, the 1996 National Firearms Agreement and all the firearms registries around Australia and the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, not to mention the 500 to 600 million spent on buybacks, has been a total and complete failure. So do you believe then that gun laws should be relaxed rather than tightened as the Greens for one have suggested? I, don't, I think the, the gun laws we've got now are perfectly adequate. I think what isn't adequate is the record-keeping processes and the integration uh, of these laws between state and federal agencies. We know for a fact that the National uh, uh, Federal Police, with their crim track system, have been tracking law-abiding firearms owners uh, on their criminal tracking system. What they really should be doing is putting time and money into actually cracking the problem, and that is getting into the criminals and sorting them out, not sorting out law-abiding firearms owners. Every time there's a tragic incident, and this is yet another example of that, there are more cries for tighter gun control, but in reality, tighter gun control hasn't brought us to the lives back of two people who were tragically murdered by a, a, a terrorist in the last few days. 
So how do you think illegal firearms should be taken off the streets? Do we need another gun buyback, for example? Well, therein lies the problem. Um, criminals don't register their firearms. Criminals don't sell their firearms in, in buybacks. Uh, what happens, of course, is criminals, and this man was a criminal, uh, he was a convicted criminal, uh, what they do is simply uh, hang on to their firearms while the law-abiding firearms owners uh, get it in the neck yet again. The reality is we don't know... What, what about an amnesty then in that case? Well, our party's been calling for an amnesty for over a decade. Uh, and New South Wales government, at least, and I don't know about the rest, simply say an amnesty is not... They're not going to do it. They're not prepared to accept it. We would recommend an amnesty, but in the end of the day, an amnesty isn't the only thing that's going to sort this out. What the government needs to do is spend money not on more registration, not on national registries, more wasted uh, cash on crim track systems that are not tracking criminals properly, let alone tracking law-abiding firearms owners. What they should be doing is getting into the criminal intelligence area and working very hard to make sure that they find out where these firearms are hidden. The other thing they should do is spend some real money on stopping the poorest borders of Australia. This is a federal problem. Uh, the um, uh, they, uh, they inspect something like less than 3 to 4% of all containers that come into Australia. How on earth are they ever going to stop firearms that are being illegally smuggled into Australia when they're only looking at that level? Concentrating on the law-abiding firearms owner, this tragic event shows us, hasn't solved the thing. Just on the, those who legally obtain firearms, is that something that's becoming more prominent, i.e. are more people legally buying guns in Australia? Look, I think there's a, a steady growth of uh, legal firearms ownership in Australia. I think that's true. Um, New South Wales has seen a steady growth on the back of primarily hunting and sporting shooting activities, uh, clay target shooting, for example. Uh, Queensland, I think, has seen the same, and I, I know Victoria has seen the same, on the back of public land hunting, primarily deer hunting um, and things like that, duck shooting, etc. But none of these firearms uh, that are involved in those law-abiding uh, activities uh, would have been available to this criminal uh, a couple of days ago. The reality is he was shooting, as far as I'm informed, a pump-action, sawn-off 12-gauge uh, shotgun. Now, they're not available to an ordinary citizen who has an ordinary firearms licence. I can't get one, and I don't want one. It's as simple as that. The reality Are we is a safer society with more guns out there in community, in the community, whether it's... Uh, well, I'm talking about legally in the community. Well, if you're saying, are we a safer society with more illegal guns out there, the answer, of course, is no, we're not safer. No, 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 legal, legal guns. I don't think we're any less safe today than we were uh, in 1996. Uh, the actions of a lunatic, the actions of a terrorist, uh, as tragic as they are, do not uh, give the government licence to scapegoat over one million law-abiding firearms owners in Australia. And just, uh, you, you touched on some of the, the sort of backlash against those who um, lawfully obtain or have, have firearms in this country. Has your office had much correspondence from members of the public in the wake of this shooting this week? Look, my office has really only had correspondence from law-abiding firearms owners. Um, I don't think we've had anything coming in from anybody else, uh, not, not to this stage anyway. Um, and what they're saying is what I'm exactly saying now. The focus... 
not yet again needs to be kicking the hell out of law-abiding firearms owners, that doesn't affect the criminals. The criminals don't register their firearms. The criminals don't give up their firearms in amnesties. The criminals don't do these things. The reality is that firearm that he had uh, came from some source that, that was not generally available to the ordinary citizen. It was either smuggled into Australia or it was a pre-96 one that was not handed in in any amnesty and it's been circulating probably in the black market for the best part of nearly 20 years. Robert Borsak from the New South Wales Shooters and Fishers Party and of course the New South Wales Parliament as well. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. All right, guys, you just heard the uh, Sky News uh, article, audio uh, from yep. the interview, which, uh, again, was some good stuff. Uh, we want to address a couple of different things. We wanted to play the whole thing. We didn't want to concentrate on just positive or just negative. Yep. We're going to give you a bit of a rundown. So I'm going to give you sort of my thing uh, for Mario. Mario's got a couple of things too. First, I want to let's talk about the positives. Now, they're about registrations, not work. The NFA uh, and the, the uh, complete failure uh, of those systems was absolutely spot on. I think he nailed yeah. it on that. I think it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I really couldn't have sort of said it better myself that, you know, tighter control on firearms doesn't work. Again, super positive stuff. I can agree with that. Uh, and again, law-abiding firearms owners, Muzz, copying a, copying a flogging all the time in regards to, again, illegal firearms. Yeah. And, no. ag- and again, with am- and to finish off that one, with also amnesties uh, and buybacks. These amnesties, 100% correct, don't work. Uh, for, uh, illegal uh, criminals don't hand illegal firearms into their uh, local uh, police stations. Uh, that's the definition of illegal because they use them for either their you know drug crimes or for personal defence. Uh, you know when selling drugs or whatever they may want that illegal firearm for. And also spot on with uh, uh, importation uh, and inspections of containers and importation. Again, we've already said on the show already, two hundred twenty uh, Glock handguns yeah. at the uh, Sylvania Post Office. I mean, well, ha- well Jason, did- you know, I, I slightly differ on that opinion, but. But um, well, oh, go well, on, on importation, well, I'm going to play devil the advocate uh, here. I, well, yes, I, I don't finally. Want, you know, I don't want any of my hard-earned taxpayers' dollars spent on looking at every single container out there. Oh, honestly, um, there's, they're, all they're going to achieve is spend a lot of money. Maybe they'll find a few guns and maybe they'll put more pressure on the criminals. But I believe the only thing that's going to happen is criminals are going to go after the lawful guns the ones that are in in my home your home everyone else's home so if you put pressure on one end it's just going to turn the whole system to the other side or they're going to start manufacturing more guns Um, I think the harder you go at this the less you're going to achieve so I don't really agree with spending more money on all these container uh, inspections and all that stuff I really don't I believe just inspecting the random container is, is, is more than adequate and um, if we'd had the technology to quickly inspect them and not spend too much money on doing it, fine, okay. But if, if, uh, from what Tony Abbott says, he's going to spend $100 million a year or something like that, or maybe just a $100 million once-off uh, uh, payment to, 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 you know, to inspect these containers. I mean, I can think of 10 different ways that you can spend $100 million a lot better. Yeah. Finally, um, I've been waiting for you know, this time in this podcast for us to disagree. I don't I don't agree with more <laughs> inspections. I don't. I think it's the wrong way to go about Finally. it. Finally. The harder you clamp down on these people, the more loopholes they're going to find. And criminals are always one step ahead of the law anyway. So Finally. I just don't think waiting. it's going to work. Uh, just the same way clamping down on law-abiding gun owners hasn't worked. 
So that's yeah. my opinion on it, Jason. Yeah. Finally, man, it's taken us a bunch of shows, but finally we've disagreed on something. <laughs> I mean, I think they should be... I think you're right on that part, though. They should be... If they can come up with a better option, some sort of better system to you know scan them quickly and effectively, yeah. maybe that's something they can look at and people are probably willing to spend money on that. Not, you know, let's open them up. You know, let's have a coffee nah, and yeah. then have some ciggies. Exactly. And, you know, we need to expect as much as we possibly can. But, I mean, that was some um, really good positive remarks. I mean, I think they're about – I'm going to – Maz may disagree with me, I don't know, but I thought about 90 to 95% of that was uh, pretty much spot on from Robert from what you just heard. Now, I don't want to go for the negatives, but we do have to uh, – a couple of things probably – um, yep. jumped out at you which obviously jumped out at us as well which one of them was a, a, a big corker actually yeah. but the first one was when he said that he agree with david lionhill i know they're two different political parties you, you can't expect them to agree mm. there has been some bad blood i don't know what it is frankly i don't really care um uh, and when he said would you agree that the concealed carrying he said um uh, he didn't uh, agree yeah, he, said, per he, said, se. no, he does not agree uh per se yeah with what he's saying he's not and he said the answer is not uh, more guns. I mean, fair enough. I mean, everyone has uh, their own opinion, but I was slightly disappointed with this comment, to be uh, quite honest, Jason, because I think he could have worded it a little bit different, uh, mainly because it was the shooters and fishers, after all, who championed the right to self-defense. I mean, you know, um, John Tingle from the shooters yep, and fishers yep. party, they're the ones that championed the right to self-defense. So for Robert to say what he, what he said, I really don't uh, uh, agree with it entirely and more to the point too Jason the fact that he did say it uh, shows uh, that shows the two major parties and as well as the Greens that shooters are still divided on a yeah. lot of issues Yeah, you know it, it didn't really show a uniting front uh, I mean he could have said well I mean we, we fu- fundamentally agree with the uh, right for, to people to protect themselves but whether or not a gun would have helped the situation in this case it's something for another debate. Yeah. So, I but mean, he didn't he actually could, say that. He did say, yeah. well, he didn't agree with that per se. So he didn't, yeah. I don't know what exactly that means. But I don't know what exactly it meant, but it just didn't come out, uh, I guess. Could have been better. Could have been better, I okay. think. Could have been better. Yeah, okay, absolutely. the one that probably, um, the two that stick out the most to me, which I thought were, um, you know, I mean, there's probably nothing in this, and I think I've spoken to Robert about this, but um, that the gun laws were adequate. That's probably what yeah. you heard too. I mean, um, if we mean gun laws uh, for criminals and them being adequate to put you know people in, in prison and, and laws surrounding the illegal transportation, or sorry, illegal importation yeah. of firearms, I should say, and obviously using them in crimes, yeah, what possibly yep. they're adequate, you know what I mean, in that exactly. respect. But if we're talking about you know, law-abiding firearms laws, yeah. I mean, I believe they're not adequate whatsoever. Yeah, and, that's um, right. I'm just hoping that was sort of uh, uh, taken you know, out of context. Yeah, you know well, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't use the term the laws are adequate in any context, really, when yeah. it comes to us, because, I mean, really, the, the laws for a law abiding are not adequate. Yeah. Um, they're quite restrictive and uh, really, um, really uh, draconian. So yeah. the laws are not adequate, but uh, anyway, it might have been taken out of context. Yeah. Um, and the one that probably didn't. <laughs> Didn't sound the best at all. This is, again, there's only two of them. Again, not, most of it was really positive. This one thing, uh, I won't say it upset me, but I was a little bit disappointed when, um, but I guess it could have been in the heat of the moment too in regards to, you know, a live a, you know, studio uh, interview where he said, um, how did he get his hands on a pump-action shotgun? And uh, he's got no interest, basically, and doesn't want a pump-action shotgun. He's not interested in that. Really didn't, in my opinion, it really didn't sound good at all. I mean, you heard what we heard. You can, you know, reverse back through it and uh, replay it again. It just sounded like that. Even our pro shooting parties aren't interested in these type of, you know, pump action or semi-automatic. 
you know, yeah. weapons and getting them back. And it, well, just, it just didn't sound good. It really, to me, it's like, well, I've got no interest in a pump. And if I was the general public and I was listening to that, I would think, oh, well, oh hang on. Mm. Even Robert Borzak doesn't agree that we should have pump-action shotguns, really. Yeah, I mean, if you it, were- didn't, it really didn't sound well um, at all. And uh, when he said, well, I, I, I've got no interest in one and I, I don't want one. That's, that's yeah. what he but said. But I do. I do. Well, hang on. I said, <laughs> I, I was do. about to say, hey, Robert, uh, probably a lot of your constituency does want one. <laughs> exactly. And, so, I, and I've had one too before, and they're bloody fantastic. It'd be great for yeah, duck so, season. I mean, It'd be great I, for I, I play targets. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it was um, a comment made in, uh, I guess, I don't know. He uh, was trying to think of something better to say, but he, he couldn't. But really, those sort of comments, we should just try and keep them out of the media. Um, yeah. they, they're just not helpful at all. Yeah. And uh, to, to be honest, I mean, Robert is, is, is obviously a, a pro gunner. He, he works hard for all you uh, shooters out there, all you hunters. But I, I do believe the SFP should really look at having someone um, uh, out there in the media that's probably, uh, I guess, a little bit more well-spoken, a little bit more well-rehearsed. Robert's a great speaker, no doubt. However, I do believe some of the things that he said could have been uh, made different. But nevertheless, Jason, overall, pretty good interview. He nailed some of the some of those good important things. The NFA is a broken thing, needs to be reviewed, of course. Um, yeah, the registry is a failure, of course. Nailed it. You know, we all know that. And uh, and the constant targeting of law-abiding shooters. We don't want to target law-abiding shooters. We want to put put these criminals away. So, I mean, well done uh, to Robert, but uh, I think a little bit more uh, rehearsal on those, on those speeches and things to say would be helpful. All right, guys, this is hilarious. <laughs> you can't make this one up. It's pretty hilarious, actually. Um, this one here, mm. Sydney Morning Herald, uh, February 13th, 2015. Eric Bagshaw from SMH, Sydney Morning Herald, wrote this article. And the, the title is, Call for Compound Bows to be Banned as Wildlife Kills Increase. Uh, animal welfare authorities are at a loss to explain the cruelty that is injuring and killing some of Australia's native animals. For, uh, for four days in January, a female kangaroo struggled through the bushes of a golf course in Grafton, pushing herself on uh, until she collapsed from the loss of blood that trickled out of her right leg. An arrow as long as her body had pierced her calf. Now, if we go to the next page, it says, The animal would have inevitably died a slow and painful death, said National Park's Wildlife Area Manager Andrew Lugg. Uh, Going down a bit further, it says eight others have gone just as painfully in the last 18 months, but they are the only ones rescuers have found since Wise Chief Executive Leanne Taylor. Sorry, Mm. found, said Wise Chief Executive uh, Leanne Taylor. Now, if I go down further, it says... Uh, the wounds would be uh, sorry. The wounds become infected, and the animal would have suffered immensely. Shooting an animal in this way is considered uh, extremely cruel. Uh, why is Macropod coordinator Mari McLeod said that? Uh, the incidents were made so much worse because they appeared to have been born out of pleasure. Well, I mean. How would she know oh, that I for know. a start? You know exactly. what I mean? But anyway. Ridiculous okay. comment. Yeah, I think, and she goes, I think it's absolutely appealing that people feel they can do this to animals just for enjoyment, uh, if that's what it's for, says Miss McLeod. Well, that's what she's saying it's for in the previous comment. Mm. Uh, shooting an animal with an arrow is illegal in New South Wales under the National Parks and Wildlife Act and the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. Well, well yeah. that's not true because... <laughs> Another a people, ridiculous comment. A lot of people hunt in state forests. Uh, they hunt uh, deer, uh, pigs, uh, et cetera, yep. et cetera, you know... 
that's just you know what it is. So again, a bit of a half truth there. Oh, this is the, the we get into the best part now. But Greens MP David Shoebridge wants oh. the legislation taken even further. Now it's not even him. I'll, I'll, I'll explain in a minute. In July, he called for the compound bow to be listed as a prohibited weapon. Compound bows offer approximately twice the power of a regular recurve bow by including a system of pulleys uh, in their mechanics. They are used both for target practice and hunting. Compound bows are extremely lethal weapons. They're designed to kill. And, uh, and in New South Wales, there is literally nothing regulating their sale. Nothing regulating their use, Mr. Shoebridge said. They are weapons of... De- oh, you can- <laughs> what what do you hang say? On, hang on. <laughs> oh, I, I'm reading the... Oh, they're, they're designed to kill. I certainly hope so. <laughs> they can kill the animal. Hang on. I wouldn't buy if it wasn't designed to kill. <laughs> hang on. No, this, this is not even... This is better. They mm. are weapons of death. which the law simply doesn't touch. Compound bows are still legally available for purchase in-store and online. This is the best one, man. This is even better than Shoebridge's comment. Oh, here we go. Chair of Clarence Valley Wires, Patricia Edwards, also called for, get this. (laughs) Okay. Come on, mate. All arrows to be coded and traceable to each specific registered bow. Wow. <laughs> archery coach Lynn Fairhall defended the availability of archery equipment. Well, well done, Lynn. Archery is not a blood sport. There are people who will go out and hunt, and 99% of those people who go out and hunt are ethical hunters are doing the right thing, said Mrs. Uh, Fairhall. Fair, great stuff. Uh, the New South Wales Minister of Police, Stuart Ayres, said that uh, he was reviewing the Prohibited Weapons Act. I'm sure he is, and probably bowing down to the Greens as they normally do. I oh, certainly hope not. Uh, compound bows may be considered as part of a broader consultation when comments are sought on the review from the general public, license and permit holders and the government agencies. Miss Taylor uh, encouraged any witnesses to report the incident to police, blah, blah, blah. I mean, check that last comment out from uh, Chair of Clarence Valley Wires, Patricia Edwards. All arrows to be coded, coded. and traceable to each specific register. I mean, you couldn't. You've if got I've to ever, be kidding. If are I've these ever, people normal or what? If I've ever heard the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard, it was read that article especially the stupid title calls for compound bows to be banned as wildlife kills increase i mean again this is very uh, sporadic probably some kids with christmas presents probably not a full compound bow was used again i don't know i'm just making up probably stuff but you know myself. what jason it could have just been uh you know <clears throat> it could have just been a legitimate hunter on private property with tags with tags you know and uh, maybe it was just a bad shot what they do is they'll find this one animal and it could be just one and, you know, for miles and miles and miles, and they just happen to then use this animal uh, for political gain. That's all it is. And uh, I'm really disappointed with WISE. I've got absolutely no respect for that organization. If you have a look at their website, they clearly state that the biggest problem with, um, uh, with native animal destruction is feral cats. Yeah. Feral cats. How many feral cats do WISE get rid of? None. Uh, it is you and I, Jason, and every other hunter out there with guns, bows that goes out there and uh, tries our best to eliminate the feral cat problem or at least minimise it. So, you know, but wise will never give us credit for that. All they want to do is attack the hunter, attack anyone that um, happens to have an accidental arrow, uh, you know, whether it be in, in, in a roo or, you know, a pig or whatever it might be. I mean, it's just disgraceful. I mean, wise are absolutely disgraceful. 
uh, when they do this, and I just have absolutely no respect for them. So Funny thing I mean, is, can I just mention one thing? When I went down to uh, Malakuta to go fishing, I've never seen, literally, I was worried when I was driving after my car broke down, I had the rental car. On mm. the way down there, you would believe how many you know, dead wombats, huge oh. wombats. I mean, I couldn't, I, could, I, could, I couldn't believe, I mean, I saw foxes, probably about yeah. three or four foxes, roos, dead in the middle of the road, big ones too. I'm like, oh, yeah, just festering in the middle of the road on the freeway uh, yeah. down past uh, through Canberra uh, and down right through down through Eden, Marimbula, et cetera, going through all those areas, those rural areas. I mean, totally unbelievable. And the, all the wombats, you know, back up on their be- on their backs, you know, feet up in the air. I probably saw five, maybe six wombats on the way down. I mean, yep. you, know, you know, don't forget if you register cars, then, you know, the poor, you know, you won't hit the poor wombats <laughs> if you register the cars, you know what I mean? Like, this is how stupid completely is i know uh well, sorry go on well yeah i was going to just say jason i mean ruse i mean we, we export roo meat all over the world it is a thriving industry um they're considered as pests really on a lot of a lot of uh, farm owners properties their farm owners shoot them regularly people run them over with cars you see them hanging off the uh, of the bull bars of trucks even sometimes as i saw in broken hill one time i was there i mean you see them dead along the side of the road everywhere but all of a sudden they found one arrow in a roo and oh my god yeah. we've got a banned compound bows you've got to be absolutely joking the world's ended we've got a banned compound bows because we've found one arrow in the side of roo i mean these guys need to get some perspective and uh, shame on the Fairfax media for reporting this rubbish. We're just going to go to a quick break again, guys. We'll be right back with Jason and Mars from the Straight Shooting Podcast. G'day. I'm Robert Brown from the Shooters and Fishers Party, and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. You know, I've seen a lot of political parties promise support for shooters and fishers over the years, but the only party who has actually delivered for these groups, you guessed it, it's the Shooters and Fishers Party. We've been going toe-to-toe with the Greens and the gun grabbers for the last 20 years, and we're not going to stop. We've got too much to fight for, but we need your support. In March 2015, we have our best chance ever to elect a third Shooters and Fishers Party member to the New South Wales Parliament. To register your support, please visit www.sfp2015.org.au. I'll repeat that www.sfp2015.org.au Hey Mars, did you know there's a place in New South Wales that gun owners, hunters and sporting shooters are very familiar with? Of course Jason, that place is Horsley Park Gun Shop. That's because they've been around for 30 years and have built a reputation for being the best in the business. They have an extensive range of firearms, ammunition, gun safes, optics and accessories for all your hunting and shooting requirements. And did you know, Jason, they always have bulk ammo specials? Absolutely. The friendly staff at Horsley Park Gun Shop are always there to help you and give you the best advice. Horsley Park Gun Shop are open Monday to Saturday and you can find them on the internet at hpgs.com.au. Come and talk to the team at Horsley Park Gun Shop at 1848 Horsley Road, Horsley Park. Or call them on 9620-1313. All right, guys, this one's a good one. This one's sort of apathetic shooter. We well, don't we're going to go to apathetic shooter now. All right. Oh, sorry. Apathetic shooter. <laughs> apathetic shooter. Apathetic shooter. All right. Uh, shooters and Fishers Party website. This is a good one. This is uh, uh, interesting. It's a picture 
Uh, it says, never again. In 1996, the Howard Liberal government embarked on the greatest infringement uh, of, of the rights of law-abiding shooters in Australian history. Like if you won't let it happen again. Now, the picture says, never again. It's got the Shooters and Fishers Party logo, yep. and it's got a big, one of those big dump bins, you know, like a, a skip bin uh, full of firearms. I mean, just look at these guns, you know, fantastic. Some pump yeah, actions there. Some AR-10. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Jeez, it looked not, oh, look at this one here on the right. What's that? That's yeah, like that's a an, AR, an AR-10. Oh, mate. Look. Anyway, but the point was, uh, Muzz, I mean, literally, I'm looking at it right now. That's why I'm reading it, because I'm closer to the computer. Um, if I look at it, how many articles are on this? 967 uh, shares. Yep. And if uh, I just, almost 8,000 likes. Yeah, almost 8,000 so, well likes. well done. Absolutely uh, crazy. But um, there was some definitely some articles, uh, sorry, articles, some comments in the uh, comment section below. Actually, looking at it now, yeah, 7,921 likes, 899 comments, and 967 shares. Yep. Um, but Mars obviously was going through it like he does when he likes to go on Facebook <laughs> and, and, and find some things. So I didn't actually, I did see it, but I didn't go through the comments. So Muzz had one, uh, he's not, he's not going to mention his last name, but he might give his name, but have a look at it. Well, him. we've got an apathetic shooter and I'm really disappointed as, as usual, there is always a couple of you guys out there that um, just don't understand our freedoms. And uh, now you've got this bloke here, Matthew, he says, in respect to never again, he says, how about you focus on some actual issues? <laughs> well, it sounds like a good, good issue to me to talk about. That's, that's a pretty big issue. <laughs> that's what he said. That's what he starts off with. Then he goes on to say, he goes, oh, I yeah. hunt and shoot myself. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 what, what, hang on. You're, hey, hey. You're, hang on. Before you go. Hang on, before does you he go hunt on. and shoot himself or does he? <laughs> yeah. But the they, way why do they always say that before they do the show? They always say, oh, because oh, you know something bad's coming after. Hey, yeah. I hunt and shoot too. I didn't yeah, like There's the always liberal. a disclaimer. There's always a disclaimer with these apathetic shooters. They always say, oh, I've been a hunter for X amount of years and I know how to shoot and I've been a target. And, you know, there's yeah. always a disclaimer before, they, like say, they, vote before they say something completely stupid. Right? So anyway, he goes and said, oh, I hunt and shoot myself. But I can't believe you would be bringing this up. Uh, why not? <laughs> That's the reason why all these pro-gun mm. parties exist, more or less, because of the 96 buyback. Um, focus your energies on the real issues, he says. Oh, God. What are the, what, what are the what real are the issues, real issues? Yeah. The fact that we've had our rights stripped off us is not an issue to him. Okay, he goes, really like not. keeping the half-wit deluded brainless greens to account. Well, they're doing that all the time anyway. Then he says... The Howard gun laws were a stroke of genius. <laughs> uh, makes me ill. Jeez. Oh, it's a stroke of genius, Jason. Didn't you know? And if you think having a having to reload your reload between your shots is worse than psychopaths having easy access to guns, then you're not real bright. Well, Jason, we just had mm. a psychopath in mm. Link Cafe. We had yep. easy yep. access to guns. Yep. I don't think uh, Matthew is really bright, actually, um, because if he was, he would know that psychopaths can get their hands on whatever weapons whenever they want because they're psychopaths, and uh, no amount of laws are going to stop that. But anyway, Matthew, um, the sad thing is, Jason, uh, this page was shared actually um, by a Almost lot of a thousand times yeah yeah it was a shared by uh, a lot of anti-gunners and you had a lot of anti-gunners come on here and uh, yep. talk rubbish and unfortunately Matthew got 88 likes <laughs> from <laughs> for his comments uh, so there's 88 people that are just as stupid as Matthew yeah so good on you Matthew you're our winner for yep. this week's apathetic shooter
Yep. No, thank you, Matthew, for a good love. But the point is, I like what they're doing now. This is great. Uh, Courage's debate, you know, I mean, as I said, yep. 7,900 likes, almost 900 comments, 899, 967 shares. I mean, that's what you want. You want people debating these things. You want reasonable. And I'm happy they said that. This is what I've been, you know, wanting from our, all our pro-gun parties for a while is just to push our rights on all types of firearms ownership, self-defense, semi-automatics, pump actions, yep. bolt actions, lever actions, no magazine uh, rest- uh, restrictions on the amount of magazine. I mean, this is what we've been talking about on this show for yeah, years now, absolute years. So well, Jason, also I've got to say that the SFP have been ramping up uh, their social media, which is pretty good. As you know, we've got the election coming up, and well done to them for uh, you know having such uh, uh, thought-provoking articles on uh, the Facebook page. All right, guys, this is uh, <laughs> we were going to go to one of Muzz's articles, but he was, we saw this one and we just had to go through it. This one. Oh, I know Muzz is going to laugh and just freak out about it. I uh, think I might be crying. Yeah, you're going to cry. Out. Uh, cray Cray. This one is um, uh, dailytelegraph.com.au uh, by Ian Walker, February 15, 2015. And it says, Cray Cray, how catching three yabbies cost Sydney campers $1,000. Uh, oh now, um, Dean Randonovic, 15, and his dad, Goran Randovic, were fined $1,000 after catching three yabbies. Sydney father, Goran Randovic, is furious after being snagged with a $1,000 fine for his teenage son catching three yabbies on a family camping trip. The Murray crayfish were happily devoured on the New Year's trip on the Murrumbidgee River at Gundagai, but the taste turned sour days later when the fine arrived on the doorstep of his home in Cobbity, southwest of Sydney. Mr. Randovic had baited the net for his 15-year-old son, Dean, but says neither of them had any idea they were breaking the law. Unbeknownst to them, a member of the public had taken a photo of them and sent it to the authorities. Well done. Can't even talk to them in person. It's very un-Australian, uh, and it was very rude what they did. Uh, what, the, what did they think someone was going to pull a shotgun out and shoot them? Shoot them? <laughs> He said the the person also photographed his godfather's car, who was along for the trip with his own 11-year-old son. Uh, Fisheries office obviously then visited his house to track Mr. Rundevik down. All this effort over a couple of craze. Anyway, the best or the most interesting part of it was he said he, he received two $500 fines. One for not having paid the New South Wales recreational fishing fee. And the second for catching Murray crayfish out of season. Well, okay, we, we've already said that before about the uh, recreational fishing license should be instantly abolished and gotten rid of. Uh, fair enough, they caught crayfish out of season. Fair enough, he should know the laws. I can't re- uh, get, be upset with that. Um, oh, I did feel on that. Okay. I'm okay. sorry. All right, all right, hang on. The last part's the best part, or the worst, worst, you might say. The DPI spokesman said, when fishing in New South Wales waters, both freshwater and saltwater, you are required by law to pay the New South Wales recreational fishing fee and carry the receipt showing the payment. Of course, you know, because of course, the Mrs. Uh, or Miss, sorry, probably a Miss, uh, said uh, that you uh, have to have the recreational fishing le- uh, fee. You have to pay it by law. What's her name? I don't know. It's a DPI spokesman, didn't actually say. Didn't right. actually say. Just said a DPI spokesman said, when fishing is of wild waters, uh, you're required by law, again, to pay that uh, New South Wales recreational fishing fee. Uh, again, basically the government or the DPI, uh, have said they've owned the water. We don't, you don't own the water anymore, guys, by the way. You have to pay a ridiculous fee uh, to go fishing, to take your son or daughter out for once a year. As I said, me and Muzz have said before, in essence, the recreational fishing uh, tax has uh, destroyed the, ad, you know, the, the once, twice, or two or three uh, times a year fishermen. It's cheaper to go down to the co-op, cheaper to go down to your local store and buy you know, a couple of salmon steaks or something like that because that's what they've done. They've put the average fisher, low-time low fisher, just for a bit of fun, out of business. Well, it's more than that, Jason. I mean, what do you say about this story? It's absolutely disgraceful. 
I mean, is this Australia? Is this what we want? Dad and his son go put some yabby traps in the water and cop a $1,000 fine. Yeah, but don't forget, somebody was hiding in the bushes and took a photo of his, uh, you know, of, uh, his granddad who was, who, was, who was along for the trip, who ended up, that's where they went when they got the registration number and then eventually led him, led him to his son, which yeah. was the dad. And then obviously, you know, they got fined for, uh, you know, not having paid their mandatory by law fishing tax I mean, license. I just, I'm, I'm shaking my head at this and I just... I'm really in despair when I when I hear stories like this. I mean, is this the Australia that we want? More laws that give more power to the do-gooders to dob people in for, for putting some yabby traps in the river? Is this for real? I mean, surely not. This is crazy. Is this the sort of Australia we want to be in? Um, I certainly don't think so. Uh, it just shows you what these law, how much damage these laws do to, I guess, the spirit of our country. Um, the freedoms that we used to have. I mean, who? If I if I went back twenty years, Jason, and I told some of the old timers that in the future you're going to get fined if you fish yabbies out of season and if you and, and if you don't have a license, they would laugh. They would cack themselves laughing. They said you. They would say that you got to be joking. Well, here it is. Here we are today. Father and son just enjoying a nice day out and get fined a thousand dollars for apparently not knowing the law. I mean, really, is every person out there who goes into a uh, an outdoor store, a fishing shop, buys a yabby trap, are they supposed to know all the laws when the season is, when it's not? Well, you should know, yeah. Well, really? Should you? Then, then what you're saying is, Jason, that the yabby trap should come with a disclaimer, a warning form, or every fishing rod should come yeah, with a say, warning form. Uh, no, ignorance of the law is no excuse. I, I, I recognise that, Jason, but let's just say no one, someone who's never been fishing in their lives. They don't, know anything, the about, they the don't, they don't know anything about fishing, Jason. They walk into a shop, might be Kmart, it could be Big W, they buy a fishing rod, they go down the river and they get fined. Mm. I mean, this is ridiculous. This should be... Yeah. Th- this is not Australia. This is not the essence of Australia. And I really certainly hope that the SFP, uh, really, if they get the balance of power this election, they change their policy on... The fishing license, it is a fishing tax. It is a destructive tax. Uh, and every single day, uh, the more money this tax generates, the more people will be wanting this money, including the Greens. And the more I think about it, Jason, I think eventually none of this money will eventually be used for recreational fishers. It'll be all used by some government department or just being consolidated revenue, and it'll absolutely have no benefit for recreational fishing. So I ask once again that I hope the guys at the SFP change their mind on this policy and really decide to attack the fishing tax because this is not Australia. This is not where Australia should be. Yep. Uh, Speaking of that too, South Australians Against Marine Parks, the Facebook page. Uh, It says, South Australia, you are about to get a recreational fishing license. And just like the marine parks process, no democracy, no consultation. Question is, are you going to allow yourself to be screwed uh, twice? Join the fight. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash pages, south-australian-fishing-alliance. So check them out on Facebook. They've got about a 1,000 likes. Again, good to see guys in South Australia. That's... uh, uh, don't support the fishing license. To get back to an interesting one, this one's another funny one. M- Muzzle uh, like this. I haven't showed him this one yet. Uh, teen downloads app to attract foxes. Shocked when phone stolen by a fox. <laughs> All right, this is uh, Jackson Webb, uh, the Jackson Webb. Uh, what date is it? November 29, 2015. 
Now, it said Lars Andrea Bajiki, I don't know, I'm bad with Norwegian names, yep. a Norwegian teenager downloaded an app that imitates the sound of an injured rabbit in order to attract foxes. Uh, Bajiki left his phone out in the yard, uh, hoping to catch video of foxes. Soon, a cautious fox showed up, started to circle the phone. After a few minutes, the fox goes after the phone and runs off with it. The whole thing was caught on video. Uh, according to the report, Bajiki later called his phone, this is serious, right? <laughs> must have been eating the phone or something. And he goes, uh, the phone was answered by the fox. <laughs> there was a crackling sound. What did sound. he say, Jason? <laughs> he didn't say anything. It goes, there was a crackling sound and some noise, Bajiki said. The following day, Bajiki actually received a text from the phone that said, I fry A O B three four three eight four two. Now, <laughs> he goes, now all we left are wondering was what that fox could possibly mean. So obviously he was eating it, pushing the numbers and stuff like that, or, or, or doing something there to send a text message, you know what I mean? That is pretty funny, Jason. That is pretty funny. Um, but, you know, pretty funny. But uh... Now, okay, guys, if you've received your double S, double A, uh, Australian Shooter magazine for February 2015, you will see that it's got a cover. Stop the press. You asked, we listened, we delivered. $25,000 firearms and fixed accessories insurance for just 25 bucks per annum by upgrading to the new... Double S, double A's, uh, gold membership. So, yeah. Look, guys, um, I think that's a pretty good deal. $25 uh, upgrades and you've got up to $25,000 uh, uh, accessories, uh, fixed accessories insurance and your firearms insurance. Um, for your gold membership, double S, double A, I don't think it's uh, uh, bad at all. Um, but uh, <laughs> the irony with that is, Jace, if the government spent $100 million or more border protection... And the guns, you're going to need this insurance. <laughs> yeah. You're going to really need it. Um, so, yeah, but uh, you asked, we listened, we delivered. Um, well, the SSAA, we're asking for a lot of other things too that you're not delivering on. So, yeah. um, so I'm make a little sure bit you... disappointed. A lot of people know I'm not a fan of the magazine at all. I think it's apathetic. Um, yeah. I mean, the front, let me give it here. So give, give it here. Yeah. Uh, when the front page of the magazine is Stop the Press, you ask, we listened, we delivered $25,000 firearms and fixed accessories insurance. Well, we need insurance. Chuck me, Mars. Chuck me that one over there. First Freedom. Here it is. Here we go. Here's an NRA. The don't, NRA mag. Guys, don't forget, that's the front page of our premier shooting magazine. Okay, here we go for uh, America's First Freedom from the NRA. This is their front page. Are you prepared for the 700 most dangerous days in America has ever faced? And it's got a picture of their membership card, Stand and Fight. Uh, and then at the top it says the ruin Obama might leave. Sorry, the, uh, the yeah the ruin Obama might leave behind. Are you prepared for the 700 most dangerous days in America has ever faced? Because that's going to be his last last 700 days uh, in in yep. Parliament as the as the prime minister I was going to say as the president of the president, yep. of the United States. Now and then I look at this magazine. I see uh, stop the press twenty five thousand dollars insurance. I mean, is that is that the most pertinent information? That I mean, again, I, I know guys are interested in insurance. And it's always good to have it as part of the membership don't get me wrong but i mean it's definitely to me it's nowhere even near front page material to me it's towards the back of the thing somewhere uh you know if you want to read it yeah um i mean again oh look even on even on the back page as well gold you asked for it we listen we delivered twenty five thousand dollars uh of insurance uh, fixed insurance for twenty five dollars per per annum so i mean again not only did it make the front page it also made the back page as well and again like i said i've never had anybody in uh, four years of doing this show, mentioned as a massive priority of having insurance. But anyway. Yep. Uh, but vast difference too, Jason, with America's First Freedom, the latest NRA mag, and what they're warning Americans about too is that um, they are uh, pretty sure that Obama's going to make another another attempt at taking the guns. 
Yeah, but we're so, already seen in the uh, Senate, he got done over even by his yep. own party. He yep. basically rendered, uh, he's basically rendered uh, temporarily inoperable or permanently inoperable for his last 700 days in office. That's correct, Jason. But the, the NRA strongly feel that there will be some event in the future uh, where, uh, where Obama will definitely try via executive action or some other means to take away um, gun freedoms from Americans. And uh, this is why they're saying, are you prepared for the 700 most dangerous days America's ever faced? Uh, make no mistake, Obama is not done with his wrecking ball through America. He will definitely try and attack the Second Amendment once again. So, I mean, good on the NRA. They stand and fight. They fight for the rights and freedoms of all American gun owners and well done to them and we're proud members of the NRA, Jason. Yeah, Mars still gets upset with me when I keep mentioning every so often there was a time where you get <laughs> life memberships and normally it's $1,000 for a life membership and uh, I think I just probably the coming into my first year of my membership and then I decided to take advantage of the uh, $500 uh, membership off price you know what I mean so I've got about $375 yeah, yeah, to go keep, yeah. and then Muzz, keep reminding me <laughs> Muzz couldn't get the website to work so he, he missed the deadline for the uh, I just uh, missed the deadline and you can pay it off uh, each month or something or each quarter until your membership is fully paid off anyway this is a good one guys another article here uh, more uh, what's this one actually sorry 9news.com.au uh, the 6pm live news uh 1247 a.m february 16 2015 uh more guns needed to combat local terror threats say new south wales police now if i go to the uh, next page it says new south wales police officers should be further trained and equipped to face deadly terror threats like the sydney siege uh their union warns of course you don't want to give me a firearm but anyway active shooter training and long long firearms should become part of the repertoire to combat the threat of standalone terror attacks the police association of new south wales says in its pre-election submission uh to contesting political parties all officers must be trained to act quickly the traditional net methods of containment and negotiation or buying time until specialist teams can arrive is not a effective according to the paper released on monday well you know what exactly is not effective what about someone carrying a firearm every moment uh, of delay can result in more casualties well I agree. Uh, therefore, police cars should be uh, equipped uh, with long arms to help officers to respond. The union also wants to introduce non-parole periods for uh, child sex offenders, harsher penalties, etc., etc. Yep. Uh, this makes a mockery of uh, uh, conditions set by the bar, which you already know is bad. We know, like, again, like Mayor Monas was let out uh, on bail. So, I mean, again, officers should be equipped with smartphones and tablets as well and, and wear new body armor. So, I mean, again... Well, they're yeah. militarising the police a bit more, Jason. Now, I, I, I don't necessarily agree long arms with police. I think what police have is more than enough. In fact, probably too much in some cases because it's always a case of more guns and unlimited stuff for them, yep. nothing for you. Nothing for me. Exactly. Because guess what? Well, I can't be trusted. And people <laughs> say this all the time. And I've got from police friends, guys, this is not me talking you know, out of my bum. I've got uh, guys that actually, or actually a female that I know is actually a detective. Uh, and she tells me, she's, I think she's a bit against you know, firearms in the hands of civilians too, but she always tells me, I go, how often do you shoot? She says, uh, lucky to be once a year, 15 to 20 rounds. I know mm. guys that shoot every weekend, uh, 52 weeks a year, or 51 weeks a year before Christmas, and shoot probably 5,000 rounds a year. Yet apparently because they wear a uniform or they're in a police officer, they've all, there's this aura that somehow they're very yeah. trained and very proficient in the use of firearms, yeah. which is completely not practical. Yeah. We know that. And it's not it's enough to do with police bashing. This is just the, the, the facts. I mean, this is coming from someone that I know. Uh, and then she goes, oh, yeah, but, you know, we you know, trust. And you're not trained. I, said, well, I shoot more than well, you. Well, the uniform 
disarms most people's sense of logic and reason yeah well, and and common sense when it comes to these things the uniform disarms you um, in you know, mentally disarmed. Anyway, so. the, the point of that was, you know, guys, again, police are always going to ask for more. This happened in Queensland, I think, with mm. the uh, police union, Ian Levers in Queensland as well. Same thing, more guns for them, nothing for you. Ban you, don't let you have firearms because, you know, you're a problem and you can't be trusted. Muzz has uh, got something there, so we'll yeah, move now, on to the next thing now, as well. Now, Jason, the other week, um, uh, well, last weekend, I was at the Greengrass Antiques and Modern Arms and yes. Collectibles Expo. Yeah, because Penrith. you know what? He was supposed to be here at my house recording <laughs> this podcast. But I mean, I'll give oh, him. You're going to regret saying I'll that. Gi- <laughs> no, I'll give him a bit of respect because he was out there. Hang on, he was out there, uh, you know, uh, representing Australian hunting podcast. So good job. Well, anyway, I was at the Penrith Gun Show, um, and uh, it's uh, held on, uh, well, in, in the Penrith Panthers, and uh, four times a year. And the next show is on May 16th and 17th, 2015, um, and it's on Saturday and Sunday. And I was there with my good friend Frank. And we're just checking out some of the cool guns and some of the exhibits. And I bought myself a uh, Gerber machete. How much was that? Oh, it was 50 bucks. Yeah. It was a good. Yeah, it was well, really good. It's, 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 year, long, eh? it's the long one. So I really needed that <laughs> because I, I don't have a decent machete. So I, I wanted to get that. Um, I took my son along with, uh, as well and he loved it. And he had a really good time. Had a look at some really cool knives and all those antique swords and things like that, which I, I really loved uh, having a look at. But yeah, um, during that day, I was supposed to come to Jay- Jason's house to do the to do the uh, show. Yeah, but um, I said to myself, "Well, I'm not going to miss out on the gun show because it'll be a great opportunity to meet uh, some new people and to talk to some guys." And so I met the president of the ADA, um, Les Gaskin. Les Gaskin spoke to him for a bit and had a good chat. It was great. Um, <clears throat> we met uh, some of the blokes from uh, Discover Outdoors. Yeah. Um, hopefully, um, we'll be talking to them soon, and hopefully, they'll we'll be able to. What make was the other one too? I think I'm shows. looking over here. We paperwork's on the ground, but it was old, old West Guns, is it? Yeah, Old West Guns. Uh, his name's uh, Peter. I can't remember his surname, but yeah, I spoke to Peter for for a little bit, which was great. And Peter is also organising a gun trip to the USA. He organises it every year. Yep. Um, I'm looking at the paperwork now. Gun Trip USA, the tour of a lifetime for gun enthusiasts. Yeah. Uh, following uh, Peter Richards. There we go. Peter, Peter Richards, Richards. That's he, correct. He did yeah. add me to Facebook the other day, so yeah. it seems like a nice guy. Uh, Peter Ridges of Old West Guns is back and escorting gun enthusiasts across the USA uh, in early t- October 2016. The tour will start from Billings MT, uh, then go through Cody. Uh, WY is that in Washington, Wisconsin, uh, and finished to a hunting lodge in the Rocky Mountains south of Denver, Colorado. Yep. Joy light minded gun enthusiasts on this uh, road trip for a lifetime, Matt. This would be fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, well, he like- showed me some photos there, Jason, uh, of uh, the recent uh, trip that he'd done, and just absolutely amazing. All I right. mean, I've got to just- say this hang on, two are highlights. Here we go, guys. Shoot a belt-fed 50-cal machine gun at exploding targets. I mean, <laughs> hang on, more to go. Visit the Buffalo Bill Center of West Cody Firearms Museum and Dug Up Gun Museum. Little Bighorn Battlefield National Monument. Tour of the Shiloh Sharps and CS Sharps factories. Visit Bass Pro and Cabela stores, obviously, so you can buy a lot of stuff when you're over there. Yep. Uh, more gun shops along the way. Amazing wildlife and scenery on Yellowstone National Park. Uh, to the Rocky Mountains, uh, a gun show to be advised. Uh, visit Buck and Dick Taxidermy. Stay at a hunting lodge in the Rocky Mountains. The opportunity to hunt uh, pronghorn antelope and black wow. bears 
option for an additional Alaskan hunt for caribou, uh, moose, and bear. Now, packages start from uh, 7500 7, per person twin share. Again, guys, we're not getting paid. This is not a paid advertisement no. like you normally hear not on the show. This is just a, uh, you know, again, you know, anyone that loves to, you know, the freedom of the USA, that go wants to go to the USA and um, live you know, their lifestyle for a couple of weeks to shoot guns at their gun ranges, have a good time, you know, we're big supporters of that. Uh, we well, love that, and yeah. Well, we're hoping to maybe uh, uh, bring you soon an interview with Peter and also Les yeah, be Gerskin. So uh, Jason is on the ball with that. He's going to try and organise an interview with Peter and uh, do uh, a really good interview so Peter can explain a little bit more about um, Old West Guns, what he does, and uh, about the Gun Trip USA, and also with Les Gaskin from the ADA, Australian Deer Association. Uh, we want to bring you guys as much gun and hunting content as possible. So, yeah, Penrith Gun Show. I uh, will try my best to be there every quarter So at the gun show. So if you are in the area, come down to the Penrith Gun Show. Next one is May 16th, 17th, and say good day. And also, Jason, um, now, while I was at the show, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I was supposed to be here, but I did call you, did send you a text message in the morning, which you didn't reply to. You did. And then, I in the dirty. afternoon, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was I really was dirty. dirty. It was dirty, having, uh, dirty at me that I went, I ditched him and uh, went to the gun show. But I didn't really ditch you. I sent you a message. I wanted you to come along. And I was actually trying to drum up a few more interviews. So I was out working, really, for the of show course, yeah. um, as well. But then, what does Jason do? Later on, I said, Jason, I'm going to come in the afternoon and then we'll do the show. He goes, not nah, too late. So what did you do, Jason? I went out with a chick. <laughs> <laughs> Jason ditched me for some bimbo that really, it was a really bad hey, that date. Might be, that might be my girlfriend one day, man. Ah, that you, might be listen, my wife. You sent me text messages throughout the whole yeah, day yeah. saying, oh, this is bad, very, yeah, very yeah. bad. <laughs> I've got to admit, say, guys, you know, probably not, not, I'm not sure, maybe I'm not married, I'm single, and this date was absolutely the date from hell. So, uh, <laughs> Serves you right, mate. It's a bit of karma there for, for you know, ditching your mates for some yeah. bimbo. I, I probably should have uh, re, uh, be better off recording the Straight Shooting Podcast. Uh, guys, again, please don't forget donate to the show uh, please also fill out your voicemails as well um, actually no be- oh, one thing before we finish off we've got a uh, we totally forgot what? our voicemail from Corey yes, absolutely our let's voicemail. play the voicemail and probably good because it's actually a thank you and of what we're doing so why not yeah. we can play that before we finish the show so here is what uh, Corey had to say g'day Jace g'day Muzz Corey from Mudroad Tunning and Outdoors. How you going, guys? Just thought I'd give you some feedback. Been following the uh, podcast for quite some time, and uh, like to let you guys know I really enjoy the uh, some of the stories and some of the uh, things you guys put out there, and uh, would like to say uh, good on yous and uh, keep up the great work. All right, guys, take it easy and uh, safe and happy hunting. Take care. Good on you, Corey. Thanks very much, mate. We appreciate your support. Keep listening to the show. And we certainly hope there's more people at you like that that are spreading a good word and listening to our show. And tell as many of your friends about us as possible so we can increase our listenership. And hopefully, maybe one day we'll get our rights back. Yep. All right, guys, again, so again, you just heard the voicemail. Jump on the website. Please leave a voicemail. We'd absolutely appreciate that. Topics, anything that interests you, things you think we might want to talk about, anything at all, please uh, send it in. We really, really appreciate it. If you're listening to this, don't just sit on your bum. Click on that uh, voicemail link and uh, set it in. Uh, Again, I've also got, I want to mention too, if you've listened to all this show, um, I'm I'm not going to say who yet. Muzz knows who it is. Um, I've got probably another, I'm not going to say, what uh, aspect of politics, uh, but I sent an email to a uh, politician, 
don't say anything, Muzz, because um, we don't want to say anything. I'm not going to say anything no. until it's actually recorded this time, like I do with other stuff, and then sometimes, like with John Lott, it just doesn't happen. Um, so we've got another politician coming on the show. I'm not going to say whether it's male or female, but let's just say I think it's going to be uh, really good and uh, really positive. So again, hope you stick around for that. We've got Aussie Reviews coming up soon, who does reviews for YouTube. Um, I'm recording in... A couple of weeks, executive director Diana Mellon, which I was supposed to do last year, but she's on holidays now, so she'll be coming back, and hopefully we'll be doing that one. It's been agreed to, and she's still keen to do it. So again, I'll be bringing you that one probably in the next month to six weeks. So lots coming up on the Australian Hunting Podcast, lots coming up. We're yep. totally out of articles today. We've been running for almost you know, an hour and a half, and by the time we edit in the audio, we're going to have probably an hour and 40 minutes of a show. There's just been so much over. There, there's just been a lot of news. I mean, really, guys, if we really reported absolutely everything, the show would just last three hours, and it just wouldn't <laughs> It just wouldn't be good listening. Send you to sleep pretty much. Like, so, like it does so, now. so we try we try to include the most uh, relative content as we possibly can, and uh, really um, stacks of news, and we're going to have heaps of stuff more live up for the next yeah. show in a couple of weeks time yeah and if you've got any ideas how we can improve or, or any aspects of the show any um, uh, segments we can put on um, you know please absolutely send your send your uh, correspondence through click on that contact icon on the website send me an email uh, absolutely we'd love that so as usual I'm Jason Silms and I'm Mario Vlepko see you next time You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.